Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Say the Word. I'm super excited to have Nico DeBrain on the podcast today. Nico's a marketer and entrepreneur. He's passionate about taking hard concepts, you know, hard marketing concepts and breaking them down into easy principles which he shares in his book, We're All Marketers. He believes that even if you haven't had a traditional marketing background, you must learn the basics because at the end of the day, we've all got to market ourselves at some point. And I totally agree with that. Um, Nico, thank you so much for joining me today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be an amazing hour. Yes, I am super excited. And you and I have talked before on the phone and and I actually met you last year, I think on LinkedIn and you're very active on there. So I know we'll have lots of um, LinkedIn chats here, LinkedIn topics here. Oh, of course. Happy, you know, and and that's the thing. It's, there's no difference between meeting online or in person at this point. You know, it's been a year. You were one of the first people I connected with on LinkedIn and it's been amazing the year of growing together and seeing where both of us are ending up. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's great to know. I I knew that your journey started. I mean, you're younger than me. I won't age myself, but I didn't realize you were kind of just getting started at that point. So that that's an awesome sort of um, you know addition to the story. And I want to go back even farther because one of the stories that really stood out to me, and as we know, the power of stories and what makes you different and unique is sometimes not our business story. Sometimes it's something, you know, a little fun fact or whatever about us. And so what stood out to me is, and it has been a while since we've talked about this, so so I may have the, the details wrong, so I'm going to let you do the details, but you're a transplant from South Africa, is that right? That is exactly correct. Yeah. So how old were you when you came here and um, what brought you here? Yeah. So, uh, basically about what is it it's 2019 so um in 2000 december of 2007 i just finished up my fifth my last day in fifth grade and the next day we flew out here to uh first houston and now where i am in um uh, phoenix so yeah it's it's been an amazing journey i lived in south africa uh, there's another neighboring country called namibia where i lived for three years uh, Houston and now Phoenix. So definitely been around the block a couple of times, um, call myself a global citizen because, you know, three countries under my belt, that's a, that's a pretty good number right there. But yes, we came here just, uh, just because of the amount of opportunities. My parents were always looking for where, where's the world going? Where's the, where's the opportunities in life? And they had an amazing, amazing opportunity to sell everything and move to the States. Um, eventually led us into becoming U.S. citizens a couple months ago. So been a long process, but I would not trade it for a world. I'm in the best country in the world. So uh, now I get to call it home. I love that. And um, I did see your post celebrating um, your citizenship, and I was super happy to celebrate that with you, even if it was online. Um, but very cool. No, congratulations. And I remember you telling me um, how much you felt like you owed to your parents and how they've kind of enabled your journey. So you know, one of the things I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't have is 
a good support system. So kind of what have, what role have your parents played in, and we'll get into more of like what you do and everything. So people kind of know, but what role have your parents played in supporting this entrepreneurial journey? Has it been a challenge? Have they been like, Oh, I don't know, Nico, like what you're doing or kind of tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am lucky to have one of the best support systems at home in, in regards to my family. You know, when we came to the States, I somehow convinced myself that I was doctor material. And, you know, now I get to talk to my parents quite openly about the fact that they knew that it wasn't for me, but they saw it in my eyes that there was some fire for it. And even when I decided to switch and go into the entrepreneur world, they supported me along the way. They, they are what I would like to call the best of both worlds where they, they're both very creative with their solutions and yet very analytical. So they both gave me uh, the sense of confidence and support to enact me to get to my dreams. Um, so it's been, a, it's been amazing. Even today, they don't really know what I do because Again, in startup culture, it does pivot quite a bit um, and change every every now and then. So they they I think see the happiness I have, and really they judge success not about how much money you make, um, really about the happiness that you have and uh, and really the impact that you have on the world. So I have you know I just thank my lucky stars I was born uh, into a family, and especially the uh, family that's able to sacrifice everything, move them to a place where you can really do entrepreneurship, not just as a hobby, but as a career. That's so awesome that you have that kind of a support system and that your parents have been able to have that conversation with you. I love that you said they, they, you guys are now able to openly talk about the fact that like being a doctor or whatever wasn't for you and that you guys are able to have those honest conversations. I think that's so important. So thank you for sharing that. Oh yeah, no, of course. And, and again, it's it's part of the conversation, right? So I, I could have had those conversations a lot earlier, but I think I was so stuck in my own way and own, own mindset. And, you know, part of it is being young, but part of it is I had a feeling in my in my gut that said, you know, this might be something. So, you know, it, it's good to have a support system, but also super important to really follow what that gut feeling is telling you. So even if it's wrong, sometimes um, it uh, there, there is benefit in it. Yeah, totally. I'm all about following the gut. I was actually just on, I've done a few podcasts today, so I'm like, I don't know if it was one I was on or if it's another <laughs> guest, but um, we were talking about that same thing. It's like, you know, sometimes you have to at least listen to the nudge, you know, that your gut is telling you. And that is really important in entrepreneurship, not to ignore that sometimes. I'm not saying it's always like the be all end all answer, but it's definitely something we need to pay attention to. Oh, absolutely. And one last point on that is, I don't think I would trade anything because what healthcare taught me to do was think about problems in a much more holistic way, which has served me tremendously well as a marketer. So it, I needed to go through that and learn those lessons um, and just apply it to a different platform. So again, a part of my story, it had to happen. And that's kind of where I am today, being able to take those principles I learned and apply it to a whole new industry. I'm so excited to hear you say that because here's the thing, you know, one, it's like every, every move we make, whether it's a, you know, quote unquote, I call myself like the no regrets girl, because it's like every move that I've made throughout my life, throughout my journey to having a business or whatever is, it's really shaped me in, in ways that like, if I hadn't gone on that, maybe I wouldn't have certain marketing expertise or branding expertise or whatever that I do have. And I was just talking to a friend who said something very similar to what you're saying. And that is like, 
you you want to sometimes look outside like don't just read marketing 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 like read stuff from other industries or other you know fields because you can start to apply really interesting concepts and theories if you're kind of triangulating i guess for lack of a better word right like concepts from a different field because it's going to help you look at marketing in a really fresh way so i i think it's really cool that you you said that about healthcare. Um, so what do you think, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there something like an example that you could give, uh, something in healthcare that has informed you as a marketer or, you know, a framework you carried over or something like that? Ooh, no, absolutely. Always put me on the spot because those are the questions <laughs> I like. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. One of the biggest, and, and the for first ones that I really took to, uh, retrospectively i can now say it but uh, one one thing i did was i tried to make things work together rather than working in silos so basically exactly what you said rather than looking at, at a problem from oh it's an instagram problem rather looking at it oh maybe it's the way i communicate through pictures that isn't working or maybe it's the fact that different platforms have different use cases but it's all meant to do one thing at the end of the day so um my my biggest thing and one thing that i think you and i have talked about quite a bit is the fact that we want to tell stories that leave the screen. I think so many marketers, uh, especially digital marketers like myself, sometimes get pigeonholed into this one space where, you know, I'm only focused on my Instagram strategy when in, re and when in reality, it's your marketing strategy. Instagram has to be a part of it for certain individuals, but it's not the whole thing. I think that's the biggest thing I took away from healthcare was to diagnose a problem. So say I'm working with the client, um, that is not generating the leads that they want. Potentially, they might think it's a platform that's holding them back, when in reality, it's potentially how they're communicating. Because one thing that I know you and I share quite a bit is the fact that telling uh, marketing today is telling stories. And a lot of small, medium-sized businesses use social media as a megaphone, where they just shout their company deals or what they do, rather than actually engaging the audience that they're trying to build. And I think going through healthcare, I learned that, you know, your body works wonders together. There's no, you know, if you have a headache, it might be the fact that you are dehydrated or that you ate something that you shouldn't have or your sugar's off, whatever that is. But you have to go through the diagnosing process and say, okay, that's not that, that's not that, that's not that. Oh, it's this. So I think that's the biggest thing I've taken into the healthcare, from the healthcare field into marketing is the fact that marketing's holistic. That, that's a, actually a really interesting perspective. And I think, I mean, you're absolutely right, but also I think like you could do, you know, being a copywriter, you know, by trade is like, I'm thinking about all the ways you could be, you could market yourself, like your own copy. If, if you were into that kind of thing is like, you know, diagnosing to get to the root of the problem instead of just putting on a band-aid solution, which is like bots right? Because oh, that, that, that's not going to solve your Instagram problem. That's just going to, you know, elevate the numbers, um, but not with a real engaged audience, right? And then thinking about patient outcomes, right? As in, as like um, your marketing outcomes and stuff. So that, that's really interesting. Um, I didn't know that you kind of, you know, use that healthcare piece, you know, that component, or, or maybe you didn't even intentionally do it. Like you said, it's like in retrospect, you just kind of learned those things and, and looked at marketing that way. So that's really cool. Yeah. And the one thing I will add to, to it, a lot of my analogies stem from healthcare, right? So uh, one of my favorite analogies is that marketing is like building a muscle. So it doesn't just happen. You can't just have, you know, a chiseled physique and six pack right away after one day of working out. No, it takes mm -hmm. 
a while. And it's not just, you know, uh, doing exercises, it's eat, eating healthy. So mm-hmm. if you take that into marketing, yes, it's about, you know, the, the amount of content you're putting up, but it's also the, the quality of that content. So if you just take that, that's a huge analogy that I keep pushing out because uh, one thing about our industry is it's, it's, I'm trying to speak nicely to it, but really our <laughs> yeah. industry really at the end of the day uh, tries to overcomplicate things when in reality, it's not that hard because all we're doing is communication. Like com- communication hasn't changed uh, at all. How it's communicated has, but mm-hmm. conversations really haven't changed. Um, we still do audio, still do text, still do video. Um, that hasn't changed since the days of TV, you know, radio, newspapers. It's just where we're communicating and how we communicate hasn't it has kind of evolved um and definitely the segmentation in our uh ecosystem has has breeded this you know feeling of complexity um and you know i haven't even said this until this podcast but i think that's really why i wrote the book um in the first place and try to find the principles because you know healthcare teaches you there's certain principles and then you you try and figure you try to fix the basic things before you go into the specialty things Mm -hmm. i think i brought that mindset into marketing where I focus first on the foundations and then I worry about the, what I call 201 marketing, which is the Instagram, you know, uh, tweaks and the hashtags and all that fun stuff. So um, interesting. Uh, that's why I love those questions because it gets me to think differently about, about things I already do. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I like that you call it 201 because um, I still fondly remember my college days. <laughs> I actually, oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, that was like yesterday, right? Like you, we just graduated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, and I was a communications major um, during my undergrad. And I was just thinking, you know, you were talking about, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up in a moment and get another piece of your story, but I just wanted to throw this in there because, you know, there's, um, you were saying, you know, communication hasn't changed. We always, you know, talk with each other. There's a sender, a message, a receiver, right? But then there's this whole theory around the medium is the message. Um, And that's kind of like where I think you're looking at things is like, well, you know, communication is still communication, but now we have to look at each platform and kind of say, um, there's the basics. This is how we communicate or whatever. Now, 201 level is like, what difference does the medium make in Mm. this communication? So just thought I'd toss that out there. If you're interested in looking up that theory, if you don't know, because I know you're not like a communications academic background. So (laughs) if that's not in your wheelhouse yet, you know, you might be interested. Um, Oh, no, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So I wanted to back up because we are talking about, you know, your background in healthcare and our listeners don't know your journey the same way I do. So you went to college for, to go into what, and then, um, and then kind of how did you go from, you know, what you studied in obviously in the healthcare field to marketing. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I came is after graduating high school. I went to Arizona State University, and uh, I was sold on this idea of functional healthcare, which was more of a holistic view on what um, medicine was. So I was going to be a naturopathic doctor, uh, more focusing on Eastern medicines and how that can be applied into um, more of a Western style uh, lifestyle. So super excited about that. And it wasn't until sophomore year, about middle of my sophomore year, where I was sitting in class and <laughs> really I, I pulled up my transcript, which n- I never did. And I started looking at my grades and I was like, wow, this looks more like a 
um, the alphabet than actual students report card. I mean, it was A, B, C, D, E. And I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get into medical school. And that was, uh, that was life trying to tell me, listen, you're not meant to be a doctor because even through school, I, what I loved the most was working with patients, which I later would learn was only about 15% of my day. The other 85% was administrative tasks and looking up uh, things for clients and uh, you know, putting in all the m medical terminology and all this fun stuff and uh, actually not fun stuff, stuff I would never <laughs> right. want to do. So, so after learning that, I was like, oh, well, I'm only going to enjoy 15% of my day. I don't think I should do it. And plus like six more years of school. I was like, wow, this is, this is a battle. I don't think I want to fight. Um, so that was it. I I went through this exploratory phase and I, I still remember the very next day, I started direct messaging everyone I could, um, connections I had, connections I didn't have. Uh, and I started doing what I, I would later call like these mini internships. There were three, four, six, eight week um, part-time internships where I would just direct message uh, founders of companies. And, you know, I didn't know any better. I just wanted to reach out and explore everything. I didn't know a world outside of healthcare. So I did everything from real estate to logistics to um, construction. I just tried everything. And a lot of it I was bad at, like a lot. We're talking, I wasn't organized. So, you know, uh, real estate was very difficult and I wasn't interested in concrete and um, all this stuff until I was, uh, I was running out of options. And I I came across this guy called Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, and he was talking about, you know, his story and how he used to sell things. And I'm looking around my room and I've sold things on and off as a kid, but um, a random box caught, caught my eye and it was a Apple MacBook 2018, or 2015 um, book, uh, Apple, Apple, there we go. Apple MacBook <laughs> 2015 box. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I said, okay, I need a sign. I've tried everything but sales. So I snapped a picture of it, put it on eBay and went to bed. And the very next day I woke up and it sold. And then I had to Google how to, you know, how to actually package a box. Um, that was an interesting story. Went to the <laughs> post office and asked the lady how I can send my box. And she said, what's in it? I said a box. And that was a nice <laughs> little experience. Um, but that's how I stumbled into marketing. I later found that, you know, I, I had to message the person who bought it. And he was so, so happy that he got it. Because what he did, he paired it with his MacBook and he actually sold it for a higher price. And I said, listen, if I can sell an empty box, maybe I should look into sales. And sales took me into entrepreneurship and marketing. And uh, a long story short, I had six months before graduation and was like, uh, I can't switch my major, major, it's too late. So I decided, why not interview some of the top marketers in the country? You know, I had success with just reaching out to random people. So why not try it again? And I got some big heads of uh, agencies. And um, one of my favorite stories is I, I direct messaged Gary Vaynerchuk to ask him. Uh, he said, you know, he never responded, which is cool. He's busy. Uh, but I actually got in touch of, uh, with his CCO uh, at the time, uh, Steve Babcock. So I had an hour conversation with him and he gave me this plethora of information. And again, it was just a cold, direct message. It wasn't even email. That's why I'm such a big fan of direct message marketing. Yeah. And another sign that, you know, sales is a good <laughs> space for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So after that, um, I finished the book. Uh, We're all marketers. And that's when I, that's how I learned marketing. I, it was through sales. It was through um, communication that I found my passion. And 
really that's what led us to today where I started start account a company called uh, Boundless Media. Um, and my, my whole point and my whole mission in life I, I've determined is to give people the tips, tools, tr tricks, whatever you like to call it, but really the, uh, the mechanisms for them to tell their stories. Because I believe that there's so many more stories that need to be told. Listen, I love my voice. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the best. But so many more people need to be able to share their message and their voice. And I hope to impact the world in that way. No, that's great. I, I love that story because, I mean, there's so many things in there that we can, like, unpack, right? And I'm not trying to make a pun because of the box. <laughs> but, but, that was clever. clever <laughs> yes, I, I'm a pun master. But um, so uh, what I really like is that you took that approach to, okay, so first you saw that, you know, the grades aren't, I'm glad that you recognize, like, the grades aren't a reflection of you know, I'm not smart or I'm not capable or whatever. It was more of a reflection of this isn't my thing, right? Oh, and cool. if I'm not putting my all into it, you know, that's reflecting in my performance. And so I need to find the thing that is my thing. So, you know, one, kudos, you know, for that, for actually pursuing something um, that you wanted to do. But on top of that, it's like so many people in college, before college, out of college, they're like, I don't know what my thing is, right? And I don't really know what I like. And I'm just stuck in a job because, you know, I got it and that's fine. But they're miserable. And so what you did was that concept of failing fast and not necessarily failing, but, you know, when you tried all these different like mini internships, what a way to figure out what it is that did, you know, spark something for you and light you up. And so again, that's not really failing, but, you know, um, trying just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and going, what, you know, what works, what works. And I'm willing to just put myself out there and try all these different things and work, I'm assuming for free for Absolutely. people, you know, and, um, that's a very valuable lesson. And I hope that young people listen to this episode <laughs> and take it hard because my internship is really what, you know, in college is something that I rode for a long time, you know, to get marketing gigs. So gosh, yeah, so many lessons in there. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. And, and one thing I will add is, and it's, it's good that you brought up failure, but really with each internship, most people started putting me on these things that I would later call marketing. Um, one of the first companies I worked for was a nutrition um, application out, uh, out of the Bay Area. And you know, they said, we need college student, you know, uh, research. Can you do market research? I was like, uh, what's market research? So use Google and had them help me with it. But, you know, I worked for free and I started picking up SEO and market research and, you know, uh, color theory and all these different mechanisms. I was basically making my own way in marketing because most people were putting me on these tasks that was related to marketing in some degree. Um, so absolutely, each one you know on paper might look like a failure, but really, I was taking golden nuggets from each one of those experiences. And again, I was learning industries. Now, today, I have a lot more knowledge about the real estate world, um, and some of my clients happen to be in real estate, which is, again, it comes full circle. So, you know, I'm a huge component for working for free for uh, people, for organizations that even if you have an idea that it could help you, go test it out. Worst thing that you do is, you know, spend 10, 15, 20 hours, you know, working for free, quote unquote, um, and you 
learn something you never know when it could come full circle so i just wanted to add that because it's all ROI positive uh, the only thing that i think is destructive and that you should never do is just sit there and accept it um you know, we live in an age where literally you can do anything, um, whether it's, you know, teach or whether it's, you know, whatever you want to do, the resources out there. Uh, the one thing that you can't do uh, is, is just sit there and let life happen to you. Yeah, exactly. We have to take action or else life does just happen around us. And, you know, I, I don't want to be passive in that at all, you know. Um, and I love what you were saying about um, learning, like everything for a couple of reasons, everything that you were doing in those, you know, mini internships, as you call them, is one, you were learning marketing on the ground, which in my opinion is the best way because I get people, (laughs) right? Like people ask me like, what is the one thing that made your business work? Like, what is the one thing that like got you clients? And I'm like, there's not just one thing mm-hmm. you have to just go like, and I can't just tell you, I can't just really like, I can help you with strategies. I can help you with whatever, but there is no one thing. And really just starting on the ground like you did is so, so important. Um, the other piece of that, that I really liked was that it really highlights for anyone who is interested in getting into marketing, because so many people are, what a testament to how many, how much need there is for marketing help out there. When, when you got involved with all these different people and organizations, you ended up doing marketing things because people need help. So (laughs) yeah. And sometimes when they don't even know they need help, we're like, yeah, you need help. (laughs) We can see where your marketing is going wrong. Um, so no, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I want to take sort of that story then and highlight one of the things that I really like about you. Like from the time that we first met, um, what stands out in your content is your transparency. And I'm going to define transparent. And then I have a question, you know, to start talking about this and how other people can, can leverage transparency. So to be transparent is to have thoughts, feelings, or motives that are easily perceived. And like I said, one of the things that stood out about you is that just like you're sharing now, you have always been very transparent about taking people on that journey with you. Like you didn't hide any of this. You didn't hide the fact that you were new or learning as you went or getting that on the ground experience, right? So what kind of first I guess like why did you choose to take that approach like what was your goal what was kind of going through your head when you decided to you know just kind of bear all and take people on the journey you know subconsciously I think it's definitely goes back to my parents Uh, ever since day one they told me that everyone else has taken except you and I think having that support system and and having both the environment that enabled me to really share who I am and the you know support system with the people I spent the most time with in my early days um, definitely cultivated this mindset and it wasn't you know I, I didn't like to share you know I thought one of the biggest things that held me back was the fact I didn't get a college education in marketing and it wasn't until I connected with this individual I interviewed for my book uh, his name is Dennis Yu and he was like listen the biggest thing that people portray right now on the internet is their quote-unquote best self but no one really shares their real self. 
and that really stood out to me. And, and after that conversation, I, I flipped up the uh, flipped up my phone um, and pressed record. I just talked about how I had this feeling about being an imposter, and the support I got from people who had been following me for you know uh, weeks or days or months was overwhelming. Everyone was in your corner because what I really realized is the world of marketing and business and really any industry is moving so quickly. You know, it was, I think it was 12 years ago that the iPhone came out and our world has dramatically changed ever since. Uh, the internet's only about 25 years old in 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 its conception. Um, I know, it was, I think it was in the 60s that it actually conceived it, but uh, for the average person, about 25 years. Um, so it's it's absolutely crazy how fast our world is moving. And what I learned was that not no one really cares that much. I mean, I have almost 6,000 followers, 5,000 followers on LinkedIn and a couple of thousand on Instagram, all this fun stuff. But in reality, everyone's so busy with their lives. They really don't look at you with so much, uh, this so intently that no one's doing, no one really is doing an investigation, every single person, uh, which is awesome, which means that most likely if you put out content, no one's really going to see it. And it, knowing that and having that in your tool belt is the best. It gives you an excuse to be you and be who you really are. Um, and much like my parents said, you know, everyone else is taken but you. So I think going into marketing with that mindset of knowing people and just and then going on a whole tangent, but it's so true. If you just share, you know, your struggles as well online, it showcases the real you because most likely someone will see that and they will want to help. You know, humans are inherently good. And I've had so much support from the marketing community and the entrepreneur community where I'll sometimes tell them straight up, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this specific topic. And the next thing I know, my direct messages and my emails are full of people wanting to help or giving me resources. And I do the same thing with, uh, when I see, you know, questions about specific things or, you know, I've, I don't know how many people I've helped with video and I've never met them before, but I've seen them rise because now they, they needed that little push. Right. Um, so I think just that's the way of the future is the fact that there's no best life. There's only the real life. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great quote. Hopefully it's in your book. Um, no, I, I totally, <laughs> right. Um, second edition. No, I think that that's so true. Being our real selves. One of the reasons, as you were explaining, you know, sort of your journey, one of the reasons I think it's so powerful to share your journey or share your struggles, excuse me, is because it's relatable. Mm. People can relate either because they've been there or because they're there now. I mean, every single one of us has struggled, especially, you know, if we're looking at someone who's, you know, if I'm an aspiring entrepreneur and I'm looking at someone else who's, you know, a few steps ahead of me, I'm struggling where they have struggled or, or, you know, reverse that. And it's like, oh, well, you're struggling. And I know because I've been there, there's nobody who's had this as a completely smooth journey, any aspect of our lives. Right. So being vulnerable, being authentic, it, it's relatable. And what a better way to um, build community and connect with people than through saying, Hey, I've been there, you know, or I, you know, I'm there now and, and you've been there. Let's, you know, let's talk about it. Um, instant conversation. So oh, no, that's awesome. And the one thing I will add to the conversation is what really held me back also was imposter syndrome and not feeling I had a message. And one of the things I'm preaching right now is the fact that, again, technology is moving at a faster rate. 
knowledge is moving at a faster rate. Things are constantly changing, especially in digital marketing. And I've learned so much from new marketers that it's crazy, especially with TikTok. You know, uh, TikTok's blowing up a little bit. And I know a lot of new digital media creators who are jumping on the platform and I get to learn so much. So, you know, the, the thing about being authentic is if you just are honest with yourself, it's so easy to be honest with online, being online. So absolutely, I could not agree. Everyone in this uh, world has either been there or are going through it currently. So um, just wanted to add that to the mix. Yeah, definitely. And you're right about TikTok. I keep seeing, I'll be honest, because I'm all about transparency myself. It's yeah. like when, when I would first get the TikTok ads on Facebook, or whatever, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is so dumb. I, I can't stand it. And I don't understand, like, this platform's not, you know, going to last. I mean, I hadn't looked into it much or whatever. I was just like, uh, this is annoying. And now I'm seeing it you know, rising more and more and I'm seeing people use it in all these different ways. And so, you know, for whatever reason, I was getting ads that, you know, were not, I was getting them, but they really weren't targeted at me. But now that I'm seeing what other people are doing with it, it's, it's like, okay, maybe I need to, you know, pay attention. <laughs> but again, it's just another, it's yet another platform to get on. So that actually raises a question that I think you might have, um, spoken about or posted about recently, and it's something that I definitely have talked about in the past. So when people are first getting started with their content marketing, you know, we've, we've established, right? Like be authentic, just show up. You're so right that not everyone is necessarily paying super close attention to what you're doing. So like, just put yourself out there and the right people will gravitate toward you, right? How do you advise people who are just getting started when they're feeling overwhelmed around how many platforms they should get on or, you know, where they should start sort of what, what's your best advice there? Yeah. So I'll do, I'll actually do a two part answer to that. So yeah. when I'm working with anyone, I want to do three things. I want to establish what foundations do they have? Do you actually understand why you're marketing? Because if you don't, this world seems a lot more complex. So understand the foundations, then design a plan that's right for you. Much like health, there's no cookie cutter way to be healthy for everyone. So you have to customize it to you and then actually go execute against it. And the reason I bring that up is usually the problem isn't I'm overwhelmed with the platforms. It's more so I'm overwhelmed with how to actually communicate. And then the platforms are the tangible excuse on why I actually don't go do. So absolutely, once you've actually understood all that, then I do what... Uh, I think I borrowed it. I must have borrowed it from someone, but I, I implement this 70-20-10 uh, rule where I test out platforms and I see which one does the best. And then I spend 70% of my time, resources, and money on that specific platform. For me, that's LinkedIn. So I'll spend 70% of my time there. Um, and then I'll do 20% of my time, I'll do in another platform, one that could be working for me, but not as well as the 70%. So for me, currently, that's actually... Um, either Medium or Quora. I kind of spent about equal time there, but um, for the person just getting started, 70, 20, 10. So um, do you just pick one and spend 20% of your time there? And then do one that's called a moonshot, which in our case right now uh, will be TikTok. And, you know, a moonshot project is something that could become your 70%. Um, again, right now, TikTok is still skewing very, very young, but I'm playing with it. Um, there's a bunch of great content creators uh, within the LinkedIn community moving over and spending some time there. So uh, when I advise anyone, I say, start with one platform, 
but eventually get to that 70 20 10 because you don't want to be at liberty of one platform um and then that also brings it up make sure that you're you're moving people to good places that you can control if you can start an email list it you know it costs nothing um so redirect people to your website have have a central place on the web where you actually control the the land uh, because much like you've probably seen aaron the the world of digital can, especially when you rely on platforms, can switch really quickly. I know there was a good two days where I could not post any videos and I, put, I could only post text and images. And that really was a wake up call because you never want to be at the mercy of these platforms. 100%. I, you'll, you'll like this analogy because of the real estate stuff. I, I worked in real estate years ago as well. And um, I always call the website and email list your prime real estate because. Mm. Our, our time on other platforms is rented. We don't Ooh, know. I like that. Yeah. Like we don't know where those platforms are going to go. We don't know what's going, we don't know what the decision makers behind those platforms are deciding and how that's going to impact us and our business. So your website, your email list, that's prime real estate. You own it. The rest of it, you're just renting and we could be evicted, you know? So no, that's great advice. I love that. Oh, no, listen, I'm, I just wrote down your example because I, I absolutely, I, you know, I, I did this thing a long time ago called digital imperialism. I should probably bring it back, but my theory is much like in, I'm a huge history nerd. I don't know if you know that, but um, you basically want to do what England did in its prime. It, it, the island of England was the, uh, basically the, the mother country and all the other uh, countries, whether it was the U.S. at that time, uh, South Africa, India, were basically just colonies that the only mission was to feed the mother country. Um, so I like your analogy a lot better because mine's a lot more cynical, but that's part, <laughs> that's part of the, the game. Yeah, no, that's that's great too. I love history. Actually, my my minor was art history and I was only one class away from being a double major and um, I'm a perfectionist, so I still regret that. I'm like, darn it, one class, and I could have been a double major. Um, so I like your example, too. That's great. So tell me, so what can, if people are, and you kind of touched on this earlier, but I want to make sure that we we really, you know, drive the point home in a really clear way, maybe with some examples or whatever, but if people are just getting started online, whether it's with video, whether it's, you know, some people are even afraid to just post, you know, with text on LinkedIn or whatever, because it's like, well, what are people going to think? Like, like you said, imposter syndrome. I don't know what I'm talking about. People are going to judge me, whatever. So how can people use transparency to um, feel more comfortable, you know, when they're posting online or just getting started? People are going to judge you regardless. So yep. let's, let's, uh, let's really like, talk about it because again, it, I'm talking to Nico from, you know, a year ago who was so scared of posting. So, so scared of posting. Um, I made my first video that was supposed to go on Instagram in February 28th, 2018, but I didn't post anything until September 1st, 2018. Not because I couldn't press send. It's because I literally had this fear that, you know, what will people say about me and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so what I realized was people are going to judge you regardless. But if you really are getting into marketing, the best thing about the world today is that you have platforms that not that open up the whole world to you. You're not geographically locked anymore. And really, there's no difference between the online and offline. And when I tell people that, that, you know, people are, people are going to judge you regardless, um, whether in a good way or a bad way. We never talk about judging people in a good way. Um, that's, that's 
that's, you know, I see a lot of people who are, um, I think they're awesome and I judge them because they're awesome. Um, in a, in a, in a, in a very positive way. So when someone's getting started, my biggest thing is, again, you, you can't be someone you're not. And I've been creating, you know, every single day on LinkedIn, um, since October of 2018. And now I post four or five times a day and it's too taxing on yourself. If you're going to be someone you're not, if you're going to post for the likes or the comments, because again, some of my posts only get 10, 15 likes and I have, you know, 5,000, 6,000 followers. Um, and if I worried about the likes and the comments and all that fun stuff, I would stop. But the reason I, I do it is at the end of the day, I'm doing this for myself. I've refined my message so well because of digital marketing. I've met so many great people. I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation if you know we both weren't content creating. And I think one of us must have reached out at one point. Um, and again, there's real people online. So that's my biggest thing that people who are just getting started is there's really no negative that can come from it. Again, there's obviously people who are um, not the best and those people are not the best offline. So um, just take it as a adventure. You know, it, it's like riding a bike. You're, you, you fell the first couple of times. And if you didn't, wow, that's, I mean, that should be a record, but um, <laughs> you fell a couple of times and that's, that's okay. It's, it's you know, the scuff knees have the best stories. So uh, you'll be able to, I, oh, I like that. Scuff knees. <laughs> You're um, like making notes for your next <laughs> No, absolutely. And again, I, I, I I'm not going to lie. The first time I was publicly roasted, I said, Ooh, I've said something that has, um, enacted a feeling you know it's the worst thing you can do is vanilla so uh, I push positivity and being transparent and sharing your real self um, and people push back saying like you shouldn't share your failures but I said they're my failures they're you know if someone's going to judge me based on a failure I've made most likely and it's 100% of the case they've made a, a you know a similar failure if not uh, a failure in their life too and I'm just big you know big enough to talk about it and know that nothing really bad can happen from it yeah, and our failures don't define us. Um, what I really, really loved about what you just said is like one, I mean, all of it, but one thing that you <laughs> said was awesome. And it was people judge us in positive ways too. Absolutely. And I think that's super important. You know, for one, that's one point. People need to take that to heart because we focus, and it's human nature, we focus on the negative, we focus on what could go wrong instead of focusing on what could go right, we're focusing on the fact that there are going to be people out there judging us positively too. So I think just having that as a, you know, something to focus on um, is really helpful. So I appreciate you sharing that. And the other piece of it was, um, you know, and you've talked about this before and, and even earlier in this podcast is there's nothing different between online and offline. And I think it's a hard concept for people to wrap their head around because they're like, well, I'm in front of all these people and, and strangers can see me doing this and whatever. So it, yes, in that sense, it is different. But at the same time, like you said, in the real world, there are going to people, who, there are going to be people who like you and who don't like you just like online. And Absolutely. yeah, so, so like, just, you know, get out there, be yourself, be transparent. Um, I totally agree with you. Everything you just said that I use the term vanilla as well. Like if you're going to be vanilla, I think I even used it in a video recently. It's like, well, I like chocolate chip mint, you know, and I want to connect with people who like chocolate chip mint as well. And if I'm talking about vanilla that, you know, my chocolate chip mint lovers aren't going to come find me. So yeah. Thank you, Nico. That was awesome. 
Of course, and again, you can't, can't fake that you. It's trust me. Watch someone eating something they don't like, and they're trying <laughs> to fake that they like it. Uh, yeah, that's that's me with beer. I I I can't yeah. drink beer, and Neither. you'll see this like disgusted face, and that's how you know content is the same way. Yeah, and and I'm so glad you brought that back up because that was another point you made that. Um, again, because we, we are in such a similar field, I think I'm like, yes, that, like I said this too, and we've done that. And, but I think, you know, one of the things, um, that you talked about is it's really, really, really draining to try to put on a facade. If you are trying to keep up appearances and be something you're not at the end of the day, you are not going to be happy because you're like, Oh, finally I can be myself. I can let my hair down. I can, whatever you don't want to do that, you know, don't get started down that path. So. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and the, that's something I think we need to talk a lot more about uh, because really at the end of the day, the, there's a certain threshold I see with content creators all the time. And Aaron, I don't know if you see this as well, but there's a certain, you know, you'll see someone, see someone, and then you won't hear from them ever again. And you, in the back of your mind, you're like, Ooh, you know, why did they drop off? And I get, you know, again, the family stuff can happen, life happens, but in the back of your mind, you're like, I only saw that person for three weeks and where are they now, right? Yeah. Were they able, you know, why weren't they able to sustain it? Because I'll be honest, and, and this is, this might get me in trouble, but marketing is not difficult and creating content is not difficult once you know what, why you're doing it, number one, and that you're doing it for the right reasons. Because again, if I'm, I can't sell and market something that I'm not passionate about. And I have to turn away some clients that I, you know, it's great money, but I just can't get it through my skull that, you know, I, I can do it because I'm not passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the worst thing that we could ever do is take an opportunity from someone who is passionate about that subject or that industry and take it on ourselves that we're not going to perform the best and not do the best job we can. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, again, I would never do a, take a copywriting job and I get to send people that, you know, need that to you. Yeah. Um, Cause again, I wrote a book, but goodness, that was, that was one <laughs> of the most taxing things in, in my life. Um, editing too. Oh my goodness. We, we, yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure like, look, I, I love writing, um, <laughs> but at the same time, I have so many book ideas that you and I talked about this, but you know, that I haven't carried out because it, it you know, I do love writing, but it's a huge undertaking. I, you know, it's huge. And so, um, yeah, I feel you. I very, you know, well done, Nico. Um, <laughs> congratulations on that book and, um, super excited to share with our listeners, you know, we're all marketers. Um, that's your book and they can find it where tell, tell people where they can find that. Yeah, you can, uh, again, I, I think the biggest thing that's holding me back is I created the book because I was reading all the stuff about Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter marketing when in reality, I didn't even understand the basics. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that the conversation has to move from why, you know, how am I doing it to why am I doing it? It's, mm -hmm. it's back to the Simon Sinek thing. So my book is called Royal Marketers, the 20 go-to principles uh, to help you market like a marketer, because I think every one of us is a marketer, uh, whether you do it as a profession or not, you're constantly telling stories. Um, you're constantly trying to convince people about certain things. And I want to give you the tips, tools, and uh, tactics uh, around why you can actually do this. And that's facilitated through the principles of marketing. So my biggest thing is the book is, you know, on Amazon. Um, Amazon's fantastic. They do a lot of that. So uh, the Kindle version right now is 99 cents because I'm so passionate about getting this message out. And I think, again, 
let's cut through the noise and give you what you actually need to do. You know, color theory is fantastic, but it's not going to help move you or your business organization forward. So let's get back to the foundations. Um, and again, uh, I'm one direct message away. I tell people I'm trying to be the number one author, not in the book sales I have, but in the responses I give. So I'm online. My website's my name. Uh, all my social is my name. Um, send me a message. I, I want to answer your questions. Yeah. And everybody should take that advice because um, Nico's big on, you know, those one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, that is how we connected. I remember, I think <laughs> I, I, I think I commented on something of yours or you commented on mine and then I replied something like that. And then immediately you message me and you're like, Hey, you know, let's just have a call and see how we can support each other. And um, we had a chat and it was really just about, you know, but what are you, you know, you were asking me like, well, what are you doing? Like, how can I support it? Like what, you know, and so people take, you know, reach out to Nico, connect with him. Um, I'll put all of your information in the show notes, um, your LinkedIn profile and all that. So people are just a click away from that and um, check out the book. We're all marketers. I certainly enjoyed this conversation, Nico, and I think we could go on and on because I like have so many <laughs> other ideas, but um we need to do a collab together. You know, I think I think both our audiences are waiting for a collab from us. So yeah. I'm gonna put it out to the, the universe that we need to get one under underneath our belts. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. I'm down. I'm down. Um, this is step one. <laughs> exactly. That. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Nico. Um, I wish you all the best of luck with, you know, getting to that number one spot um with your book and just with everything else. And um I know I'll, you know. I'll see you on LinkedIn tomorrow. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I just want to thank you and your listeners. Again, it's my, the biggest thing I try to do in this conversation is just add the value because again, you, you have so many stories within you that the world needs to hear. There is a Gandhi story in, in uh, almost every one of us. So uh, definitely use the tools, social, you know, digital is a great tool to get your message out there. And you never know the impact that one's, you know, tech one tweet or one uh, video can have on the world so uh, tell your story there's a whole world that needs to hear it perfect love it nico thanks so much thank you so much Bye. thank you so much for tuning in if you liked today's episode please subscribe and tell your friends if you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast please visit www.candidlyaaron.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at Candidly Aaron, and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.